0: welcome back to protean pirate radio it's where you can hear stories from our humble ship as we navigate the striations of neoliberalism into the smooth open ocean this is kyle the first mate and i'm here to introduce today's conversation captain mel and i made a recent stop in orlando florida to talk with the seeds they're a union of restaurant workers who were organizing alongside the central florida industrial workers of the world organization I happen to be a member of. The seeds were around 20 strong and all working at Dandelion Community Cafe, a popular vegan restaurant. Uh, After a year of organizing, they went public with their union and, well, things got interesting very quickly. I won't spoil the good stuff. Bosses being assholes, workers fighting back. We'll just save it for the interview. Remember to follow us on Twitter at ProteanPod and you can support the show on Patreon and its own tier at patreon.com forward slash protean mag and remember to read the magazine proteanmag.com an essay i liked recently it was called a messianic time in lebanon it's about the explosion in beirut and how this relates to the writing of walter benjamin it's pretty great and now let's hear one of the familiar tales of our time one of crunchy liberals who preach the values of social justice for everyone except the people who keep the doors of their businesses open Welcome to the show.
1: Before we dive into the interview, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Um, You can give us your name, your job description, how long you worked at Dandelion Cafe, any other pertinent information?
2: Uh, Yeah, I'll start. Uh, My name's Travis. Uh, I was a former employee of Dandelion Cafe for about six years. Um, I'm also a student studying social work in my uh, free time.
3: I'm Bob, a uh, former employee of Danilion. Um I was there for a little over two and a half years and was a shift lead for the front of house.
4: And I am Julia. I worked at Lion for a little over three years and I was the prep lead uh, in the back of house.
2: Oh uh, Yeah, I guess I should say that I was a kitchen lead as well for about three years
4: we say lead but that's really like manager without getting paid as manager
2: for
0: anyone at home who's listening and is uh, maybe not familiar with the type of place that dandelion cafe dandelion community cafe is uh what kind of restaurant is it um and what what kind of a place is it within our local community
4: um, it is, it was a vegan cafe, uh, really focusing on the cafe part, uh, at least for the first couple years. Um, they expanded more into like food and not a lot of like processed food. And then uh, the community aspect of it, they postured very big for like, we're all about community. We're all about like, um, communicating with the community. And I did host quite a few things um, like diverse world, drum circles, farmers markets. um, And a lot of people did feel that, especially on the outside. Um, But that really was not as existent with the employees and the managers.
3: I mean, to go on that a little more, it's just like it was a tiny little greenhouse where you had individual rooms and there was like room with a couch like a lot of time people just hanging out there um you had a lot of regulars from the community who come in like daily and with like the drum circles um we had a holistic school of living was attached to it so we had a lot of people doing um, little meetups and talk about um just plants in general sustainability um and we did have a Tried it. We had in the name Community Cafe, and we tried to reach out to the community, but uh, a lot of times <laughs> it was only for a few things, and that's really it.
1: So it really like presented itself as being um sort of like an open space for folks to really build something out of that were in the area, um, but internally it didn't really feel that way. Is is that kind of what you're you're talking about there?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. They definitely leaned into like, we're the progressive restaurant. We're like all spiritual and, you know, like we, we stand for equality and diversity and all that that type of stuff. So um, I guess it just wasn't extended to the employees at the end of the day, so.
4: 100%. That community was definitely like our labor and the way we work together, I think showed people who came in the community aspect of it. Um, it's just management was very quickly pulling back from that.
2: A lot of the culture within Dandelion did stem from the employees. Um, the the employees were the progressive ones.
1: And that's a good segue. I mean, uh, is that, you know, we have pretty, I think, across the board, across the United States, there's usually a pretty general sort of understanding of the conditions of working in the service industry, Um could you maybe speak a little bit about what it's like to work in the service industry in Orlando specifically?
2: Um, I can talk about my personal experiences, and that you know, even coming to Dandelion, like um, I exchanged, you know, my, the, what what I was getting paid for uh, an environment of like you know inclusivity and working with my friends and listening to dope music. Um, But knowing all that, I was like, fine, I'll take a couple dollars less. I started at $8 an hour um, plus tips, and that was in 2014. Um, And like even to do that, I was like paying $200 in rent, um, living with four other people in like a really, really shitty house. Um, That was the only way I was able to like have the luxury of working at a place like Dandelion was that I had four other roommates and like lived in a shack essentially. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how you make it when you're making those types of wages. Like you, you know, you get like 17 roommates and you just figure it out.
0: It was and part of the big problem from, you know, I, talking with all of you over this time and learning about your experiences was that like it it's, it, it's the, the buck stopped when it came to providing for, workers in a city that if I could speak for myself can be really expensive. Like how did you feel your wages and compensation measured up against the overall cost of living? Uh, and the just in general, the expense of living in a big city that really for like the vast majority of work is service
3: industry. We've had a lot of coworkers in the past who have, um, left dandelion because they couldn't afford a house to live in like there's multiple stories um and then we also had like the one perk of everyone being like in like i'll say punk is a lot of us all like live in houses like a punk house like we had a bunch of employees that all lived in one house i think there was like i don't know how many people live at babe house like 10 people just
4: get filtered through that house yeah (laughs)
3: yeah it's i think all three of us actually experienced this what i'm about to say is like one of the issues that we had and talking about better pay was not just on you know starting wage at eight dollars an hour but also like we demanded you know have actual management like implement implemented in the restaurant but when it came down to them like offering you that position they wouldn't pay you the right amount of money to do it. Like um, I got offered front house manager and they're like starting pay is $11 an hour. And I've never heard of a front house manager making that glow of pay. Um, So I just kept doing what I was doing, which was the same duties, just not with that title and not for the pay.
4: Well, they would try, they would try to cover their asses with talking about tips. Like, will you make this money tips because we had tip share and um but again like getting to the point of that it's like that is not our wage our wage is starting at eight dollars an hour and uh, like you you don't pay me tips yeah you don't pay me tips the community pays me tips
1: yeah that should not factor into your wage that's what pisses me off about being in nebraska is we have a tip wage you make two dollars and 13 cents an hour plus tips so you get like ten dollar paychecks And you have to live off the tips that you maybe might have gotten. Maybe. It's just bullshit. Like, pay a living wage. Tips should always be on top of that. Always.
4: Yeah, I think that one of my coworkers, Jonah, this was like a, you know, a few years ago, I think, when he was talking about how he wanted, like, a $3 raise. And I just, like, laughed. Because I was like, they're not going to give that to you. And he was talking about how, because he had, he's worked forever in this industry and um he's worked at like really nice fancy places where he made like 15 an hour it's like tips are like uh it's a tip it's like an extra thing that like i don't have to be given like that shouldn't factor into any any decision of how the employer employer pays me
0: so like when you were first thinking about forming a union Um, and uh, creating or and and bringing your workplace grievances to your boss? What was the kind of stuff that was going on? And what are some of the specific problems that you were running into at work that led to uh, the formation of uh, the seeds?
4: So this one time he put out a new menu item on a Tuesday. He and the other manager are not there on Tuesdays. And so the kitchen got it. They had no idea what to do front of house, didn't know what, like, allergies, or like, what it was, and also a lot of the stuff isn't communicated to me, so I wasn't working that day, but I could see all of my coworkers getting really upset, and so on Wednesday, I told him, like, you can't put out a new menu item on a Tuesday. He was like, well, I wasn't here to, like, help, and I was like, exactly, you can't do it on a Tuesday, And he was like, well, like it was it was fine, like I had a picture and I was like, people didn't know like there wasn't like this stuff up front, like it just didn't work. And then he was like, well, when your name's on the restaurant, you can do what you want and then like flicked me off and walked away. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like you you really don't want and it's the same type of people who'd be like, come to us, like come to us with questions, come to us with concerns. And I was like, "Oh no, you don't want
3: that." Yeah, uh, the other things that made us want to—I cl- know a lot of people want to collect, the, uh, become a union and talk to them. Was um, we've had—they always had this policy that was, you know, open door, come and talk to us if there's issues, and we'll take care of it. Come in as an individu- individual, and over the years, it's been it became kind of like a joke because no matter how many people go in to talk about something with them or tell them the same thing over and over again, that needs to be fixed or addressed, it just wouldn't happen. And for some people, it got to a point where they ended up losing their job over it. And they, so part of it was to have a collective voice to go and talk to them as a as one big group instead of individually just so we could protect ourselves especially in conversations of those stuff to be have them held accountable another issue would be like
2: when you don't get paid enough and there's actually there's also no structured management in the place um, an issue that i had was that because we had so much turnover people could not afford to work there There would like turnover started going up and I would be asked as uh, to, to train people. And I'm like, dude, that's fine. I'm a lead at the moment. I can train people. Um, but turnover got to be too much. I wasn't getting any help. So I stepped down from my lead position. Um, they never even asked to like find out why. <laughs> um, so I stepped down from that and then they never filled my position. So then there would just be these an influx of like new employees trying to get trained and i'm like hey man i don't know who's going to train you because like i'm not a lead anymore um and management is not communicating i didn't even know you were starting today for fuck's sake (laughs) like who are you hello hi um and then management was like super reluctant to even you know come up and train people so that's another grievance i had as a as a lead and an ex lead
1: yeah you're just setting your workers up for failure
0: this is management and owners who have no idea what the hell was going on in their own business
2: oh yeah he'd like come in and be like hey we're thinking about a remodel like uh where do you think the cold side cooler would go best how do you think we can rearrange things to get like a hood in here and i'm like dude that is not even close to what my pay grade describes like what is wrong with you
4: our first meeting was the end of October and yeah I mean Travis you said like the basics and it truly is the basics but details and all of it that honestly every meeting I was like oh that's what protected concerted activity is like oh like I finally understand like this thing so yeah the first first few meetings were just like repeating the same exact thing to like a maybe a larger and larger audience but I think the repetition was really good because it gave the people who were there from the very beginning the solid knowledge to go and pass it on to like the other people who were to come, Um, which when we actually ended up signing the letter to recognize our union, it was everyone minus one person in our shop. So it worked.
2: That, that was all, like, a culmination of, like, a year's worth of us, like, agitating other coworkers and trying to get them, like, to understand that, like, we can make a change and that in order to do that, we need to be together and um, come on, sign this letter, like, let's show them that we want to work with them and, like, make our workplace a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so in order to do that, um, it this happened, like, maybe two months into like COVID, working like COVID, we were just like, this can't go on. Uh, We need to, we should We should finally like formalize our union and go public and let the managers know that we're unionizing to make Dandelion better. Um, So we talked about it all in our little group message and we were like, how are we gonna do it? How are we gonna get all the managers into one room so we can like, you know, uh, be somewhat formal about it and say, hey, This is our letter of concerns Um, this is what we want out of dandelion let us help you help us Um, so we were like all right we know what to do we'll have someone call for a home base meeting home base was the work chat Um, on home base we'll have someone call for a meeting and we'll all thumbs up it and like like it and hopefully the managers will be humans and just be like Oh, that sounds like a good idea. We should have a all-staff meeting. It's been a while, because it had been probably two years. Two years. Um, so you can imagine, like, there's a lot of stuff that the staff wants to say anyway. But we were just like, all right, we'll call for the staff meeting. That way we can give them the letter. Uh, management did not like that. Um, they texted Jen back, and it was something like, to paraphrase, uh, this is not verbatim, but it was something about how... This is bullying. This is not how you call for meetings. We call for the meetings. Um, if you have an issue with your job, uh, let me know, and I can find someone else to put on the schedule for you. It was something in those words.
1: I mean, so you you presented these these demands to your bosses, um, and uh, what was the re- what was the response? What happened next?
4: So we came to our boss. It was five of us Um, and we gave her the letter signed by everyone and Travis delivered it um, and he spoke to her he's been there you know the longest and was basically like we love you you love this place you want the best for this place we're officially a Union here's the letter Uh, and then uh, like seven hours later we got a work chat thing that we all get and it was like Line will be closed for the rest of the week uh no one is allowed on property that was it so.
2: yeah it was it was a wild wild evening um like after we collected ourselves um we just started immediately brainstorming like what do we do next what we what do we do in response to this uh first of all is this legal can they do that um i think the general consensus was probably not. (laughs) Um, So I think we immediately uh, just agreed that like, all right, tomorrow we're picketing. Um, We're picketing this lockout. Um, We're going to go stand out front of Dandelion because we already had to work anyway. So I don't have shit else to do. Tell the customers that are trying to get food that like, hey, they locked us out, that uh, what they're doing is unfair and malicious to a degree. And also like, blasted on social media what was happening uh, consensus of the community was just like that's fucked up i thought this was a progressive restaurant i thought the owners had progressive ideals why won't you just you fired jen for calling for a meeting that sounds ridiculous like why can't you just meet with them um so we picketed all week every day we were closed we picketed go ahead yeah i think Honestly, one of our biggest saving graces was the fact that they so absentmindedly named the cafe Dandelion Community Cafe. Like, you pretty much rake yourself over the coals when you do anything not uh, of the community. And, like, you know, locking your workers out of their place where they earn a living is not community at all. Like, and the community our community like jumped on that immediately and was like, well, this does not sound like anything they're supposed to be doing. I think it was the seventh day. Um, we were out for our picket dude. We were tired, man. I was tired. I can't speak for anyone else, but I think I was out there seven days straight, no days off. Two shifts a day. Yeah. Um, and in the Florida sun, like between 12 and two, it was insane. Um, it, Yeah. And then uh going home and then like working on our social media presence and like keeping like the the public abreast of like everything that was going on like i was so beat in like a week and and like mind you we had not heard one word from management that entire week not one single word um not letting us know if they're gonna open when they're gonna open if we had jobs if we had a place to come back to nothing um and on the seventh day, we get an email finally just saying, I don't have the particular words, but just pretty much being like dandelions closed. And yeah, I just remember pulling out my phone. Like I started walking back to the tent area uh, or whatever. So away from like the big picket group, and I just pulled out my phone and checked my email and saw it. And by the time I turned around, everyone else was also on their phone, just like kind of in shock like, like, wow, they really closed the restaurant to avoid having a conversation with us.
4: Even customers were like, wait, I thought this was a community cafe.
3: And just to comment for a little backstory of what's going on in Orlando with restaurants this summer, um, there's been a quite a few restaurants that proclaim how progressive they are, um, with their ethics and morals of the restaurant. And a lot of those restaurants have Close not due to COVID, but due to um, people that work in those places coming forward with like stories of, um, for example, Sanctum. A uh, bunch of female employees came out saying how the owner's husband would come in and sexually harass them constantly. And uh, the community has been very aware and more focused on what's happening in their community restaurants. And there is a I feel like all the restaurants should know this by now in Orlando, but if you're going to proclaim those progressive views, there's going to be a, a, more of a lens on you watching what you do and how you treat your employees. So when we did launch the social media and then talk to the community about stuff, they're all like, are you kidding me? Another vegan restaurant's closed? Like, why don't you talk to your, your uh, employees? Like, I thought you guys were the good guys. Like, why is, you know, what's going on? So we got a good response from community because they're already watching what's going on in the restaurant world in Orlando.
2: What's particularly disheartening is like, their reaction is just like, so like, just not disproportionate to like, how we've approached this entire situation. Um, Like, particularly for me, I've given them like six years of my life, like literally scars that are never gonna go away, blood, tears, sweat, like all of that. and to, like, not get any well wishes, you know, like, sorry about everything, things suck, blah, 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 like, for them to completely lock us out of the restaurant, not even work with us. It's just like, we want to talk about pay, we want to talk about management, we want to talk about infrastructure fixes, that's it. Like, what, like Bob just said, if they really were just like, we can't do any of it, we'd probably just be like, one, I don't believe you, but two, if you really say that, uh, fuck, that sucks, <laughs> like we still need to work, you know? Um. Again,
4: a conversation, like a lot of people were like, well, you had all these demands and it's like, our demand was to come to the table and speak with them about all of these things. Obviously we can ask for stuff and they can say no. And that can be a conversation that we have, but they wouldn't even give us that conversation. I'm
1: really glad that I got to, uh, be as outraged and feel this inspiring campaign over the course of this conversation any final thought
2: i would just say you have rights as a worker for sure rights that none of us knew about like literally a year ago none of us knew we could do this and now the restaurant has closed down tails between their legs and yeah you have rights this shit takes forever um but once it starts going, like I have seen the best come out of my friends, talents that I didn't even know they had talents that I knew they had, and they were just finally able to put them to use. Like I've seen, I've I've just seen the best come out of it. It brings the best out of everyone and people should experience like that level of solidarity and trust um, from their coworkers and their friends. And it's so rewarding. And I think, I think the world, the world, uh, The world needs this shit. Our country needs that shit.
4: I think this is also a really great example for everyone who's in the service industry who uses, provides their labor for someone else. It is the perfect example of a company who says, we're family. We have family dinners. Family, family, family. We're all in this together. And then don't even say it was good working with you. Don't do any of that. It's just, like, if your boss is saying that your family, they're gaslighting and lying to you. Unless it's an actual, like, 0.005% of a co-op or it's your mom or dad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, it's a lie. Like, don't believe them.
3: You have to have patience doing this. It's going to take a long time. I wasn't even there at the beginning, really, with this. Mostly with most places, like your coworkers, you see them probably more than your own family or who you live with. So you already have that bond. And just know that it's not, it's not going to be fixed soon, not quickly. Like, it takes time and patience. But if you have that strong bond, you can go for it. And then my one other note, is if you're working in a restaurant that's toxic, because God knows there's so many restaurants that are toxic. Um, You should start looking into your labor rights. We had a lot of people reach out to us like, I didn't know there was a union for restaurant workers service industry. And, you know, there's been a lot of fixes in a lot of industries um, just to make it more, you know, HR department's getting so much bigger in like corporate America now, but like in restaurants that's missing, and I feel like if you're in a restaurant, you should you know use your rights as a worker to do something against your your employer. Um, so I highly encourage restaurant employees as well to look into these rights and see what you can do. Like unions aren't just for you know um, steel workers and automotive people, it's for everyone in the workplace.
4: Um, I think my own takeaway was, if you're interested in doing this, start researching on your own, the NLRA, the National Labor Relation Act, Um, start figuring out what your rights are, because when we first started this, I didn't think we had any rights, period. Um, There are... Plenty of times since October, I've been, I've just wanted to quit, like, wanted to just walk out. The only reason I didn't was because I knew if I left and I got another job, it was gonna be just as shitty, just as bad. Nothing was gonna change. And I had this amazing group of people where I worked, and I knew that the worst thing that could happen is I could lose my job, but at least I tried, like, at least we tried and did something um and that's really what kept me going through it all so i think definitely having that community with yeah. your coworkers is huge so even like start hanging out with your coworkers more and like talk to your coworkers how much are you getting paid how much are you getting paid does this thing happen to you does the boss bring you into private meetings and tell you stuff and tell you not to tell people Talk to them, like, have potlucks, like, do all of that and then talk to them about, do we deserve better? Go from there. And even if it doesn't work out, promise you, it feels so fucking good. Like, if you lose your job, damn, it feels good to expose the employers for who they are. So...
0: Thanks to Bob, Julian and Travis. Really great working with all of you. There's a lot of ways that you can still help the seeds. You can check their show notes for their link tree. And if you want to support us, you can follow us on Twitter at ProteanPod. And you can support us on Patreon. We have our own tier over at patreon.com forward slash ProteanMag. We'll see you next time.